Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another holiday episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. I have got the following song in my head. Do, 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 do. You know what that song is, right? Uh, I think, but uh, can <laughs> confirm it to make sure I, I know it's, for sure. It's the opening song for Home Alone. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. But, you know, I just wanted to make sure you weren't trying to pull a fast one on me or something I like was that. not trying to pull a fast one. I, now, I know it's weird. So, so we're obviously talking about Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, if you weren't able to guess by our intro and just the title of the show. Um, it's not a Disney movie, Matt. Why are we covering it? It's not Disney. It, 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 it never has been Disney. Why in the world is it on the Beers and Ears podcast? Well, it is on Disney Plus, and Disney now, with their merger with Fox, technically own the rights to it, and we are a podcast uh, that, uh, I mean, I, I pretty much take it as, if it's on Disney Plus, it is up to be on this show. Um, that does Absolutely. not mean we have to talk about anything that's on Disney Plus, because there's a lot that I don't want to talk about, <laughs> but how could we not talk about Home Alone? It, yeah. I mean, we've we, we already mentioned, and, and we've done this a couple times, we talked about the Santa Claus trilogy being, you know, a holiday classic. We've talked about Noel not being a holiday classic. But when it comes to holiday classics, Home Alone, in, in my opinion, Home Alone, the only thing that beats Home Alone for holiday classic is Christmas Vacation. Like, they're Ooh. right there. Like I, I, I can't. I mean, yes, there's like the old school, like holiday classics, like it's it's a wonderful life and White Christmas and stuff. And I'm not really counting them. I'm talking like I don't know, 80s modern, and, and, more and, modern, yeah, modern holiday classics. I mean, I think Home Alone blows out the Grinch. I think Home Alone blows out Polar Express, the Santa Claus, Christmas with the Cranks. I mean, I honestly feel, I mean, Home Alone to me is Christmas. Like it, that, that, that song that I, that I hummed and will probably be part of the intro or something. That is a Christmas song to me. Like that's crazy to me. It's, it's, it's as iconic as like the Charlie Brown's Christmas song. Well, I I think this movie has, and we've talked about this on, on the podcast a bunch of times about movies. It has the rewatchability factor. This to oh, me yeah. is the number one factor of whether what makes a movie great is can I sit down and watch it again and again and again and just not be sick of it? And this movie has that. I, I, I mean, we were just talking before we hit record. Like we didn't have to watch this movie to prepare for the podcast, but uh-huh. we did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We did. And like, there are just so many memorable, I mean, we're going to talk about each one separately. We're going to do home alone one, then home alone two. And, and, and Matt, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but this is one of those times. I'm not going to say I like two better than one. I like both of these movies equally. I think they are both equally well done. Yes. Two literally robbed one like plot point for plot point, like it literally duplicated it, but why mess with the recipe that doesn't work or that, that works? I'm sorry. And it, it worked. I, I I think one has more of a homey feel to it. Cause he's obviously at home, but two, 
I mean, that, and we're going to get there, but that whole scene, the whole Duncan's toy chest, and when he's in the toy store, and, and, and Marv and Harry are even kookier, and they're even a little bit more dangerous, honestly. But my point is, I think that in this case, one and two are on equal playing fields, at least from my perspective. No, I, I would agree. We'll get to more talk about that. So, Casey, I texted you earlier and said, I have so many facts. Yes, and did. and I, it has to start here. Um, I, I, I took a deep dive into Home Alone because I didn't just want this to be a podcast where we came on and said how great this movie is. While that will be a majority of this podcast, we also want to give some great facts and figures and uh, maybe even some conspiracy theories. Oh, it's going to be a fun episode. So. <laughs> All right. Um, this this movie premiered. Actually, it's celebrating its 30th anniversary, which is why I was honestly be able to find so much information on it because so many uh, uh, entertainment outlets have put out like, "Hey, 30th anniversary. Here's 30 facts and other stuff like that." So this movie premieres uh, November 10th, 1990, and spends 12 weeks at number one. Which is absolutely mind-boggling. Now I, I realize that you know November and December and January are not your film hotspots so much. I mean, I guess Christmas time a little bit, but it, it took over the, the movie theater industry to the point where in multiple sources in Hollywood, it spawned a new word. It was to be home alone. And <laughs> let me put this in, in context. Um, so uh, like executives would say, my movie only made 40, but it should have made 50, but it got home alone. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it just, it's the, the success of this movie. And I think what that shows right there is it was rewatchable from the beginning. People were going back to the theaters to see this movie again and again and again. And it stayed at number one for 12 weeks and it stayed in the top 10 until June of the following year. So people in April were still going to see home alone enough to keep it in the top 10 of the box office it, until midsummer. That's that's mind boggling. Well, you know, and it's funny. I'm reading just some stuff on the critical response. It, it shocks me. It has an approval rating of 65 percent based upon 54 reviews and an average rating of 5.65 out of 10. That that mind boggles me for how popular the movie was. It, it just goes to show that you really screw critics i mean they obviously i mean they get paid to do this stuff but at the end of the day their ability to rate a movie on what they're rating it on have nothing to do with whether or not a movie is going to go on to be successful or not and and clearly this is one of those times where i mean fox knew exactly what they had they started almost immediately probably shooting the the second sequel uh to be able to continue on to that that uh the train of popularity Oh yeah, I mean, it, and it was supposed to to uh, do some more spinoffs as well. I think Marv was supposed to get a spinoff movie, and like it, it was, it, it they thought they had, or they knew they had this gold, and then they were starting to plan all of this stuff around it. Some of it got produced, some of it didn't. But yeah, I mean, it 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 took off, and I, I don't get the vibe that they necessarily expected it to. I mean, I think they enjoyed the film, but especially um. 
uh, you know, Joe Pesky and Daniel Stern, who do uh, who play Harry and Marv, respectively. From what I read, they really didn't think much of these roles. They were like, yeah, whatever. You know, this is going to be fine. So that's why they went so over the top, because they were like, you know what? This is going to be funny. No one's really going to see this movie. Who cares? Blase. And it turns out that that performance is kind of what makes the movie. They're over the topness of it. And it becomes one of the most beloved movies of all time. And, and I would argue when it comes to Daniel Stern, that, you know, other than maybe City Slickers, which he's he's kind of known for, that, that this is the movie he's really most known for out of out of pretty much everything he's ever done. I mean, he started in Home Alone in 1990, went into star in Home Alone 2, then he did City Slickers, City Slickers 2. He also did, uh, I, I remember him from a movie called Bushwhacked. Uh, that came out in 1995. I remember that. A lot of people don't realize, you know who else Daniel Stern has played that a lot of people know who he is, at least from his voice, but not by his um, by his face. You know what who he was? I don't. He is the narrator um, of adult Kevin Arnold in the television series, The Wonder Years. Interesting. Yep. And he also, huh. I'm just reading this right now, he's the voice of Dilbert on the animated series Dilbert. Yes, Dilbert. Wait, Dilbert had an animated series? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You didn't know that? Really? I didn't know, didn't that. know that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah, mean, I didn't know that. I know Dilbert, but I didn't know that that had an animated series. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how I that's how I knew Dilbert was from the animated series. I didn't know what else would he be in. It was like it was a like Sunday morning comic strip. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I knew him from the animated the animated series. That's All right, funny. hey, hey, kids out there, uh, I, I'm curious if you are under what 18. Do you know who Dilbert is, or are we aging ourselves? <laughs> we are totally aging ourselves. Now, I, I do, I do want to say something about Joe Pesci. So, Joe Pesci, he has obviously got a lot more notoriety for a lot of other stuff, whether it's Raging Bull, Good Good Feather uh, Fellows, um, My Cousin Vinny. It, he's also known to have a little bit of um, a. a a potty mouth. Um, and from some of the stuff that I read, they had to, especially with number two, I think they had to clean up some of what he was saying um, so that it was, you know, kid friendly. Like uh, again, we're going to talk about two, but the scene in two where, where he, he, <laughs> he he goes and grabs the ladder into the slime and he falls off and you hear him going push him push him push him push him push him. That's because he, the first take apparently he was saying some not so friendly words and they had to retake it in order to get the 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 not the more friendly version of the dialogue. I can only imagine well, what he was actually saying there. <laughs> well, and I read too that he kind of method acted this. He avoided Macaulay Culkin on set. To like oh, really? make him seem like more of a stranger, like he huh. he and and he like pranked him and like and from what I gather, um, during one of the rehearsal for for the scenes where the band is threatened to bite Kevin's fingers off, Pesci actually bit yes. Macaulay Culkin's figure and drew blood and like he has a scar to that today. That's wild. I I have I have I, I've heard that too. I absolutely heard that. And see, here's the thing: this was this was Culkin's breakout role i mean this is they found him for this this was what he was found in he went on to star in some other stuff too i mean he went on to star in did you ever see the movie the good son uh no i have not oh man you want a movie that's going to creep you out so he plays a role in this where he's an adopted son who basically tries to kill his mother like it's 
it, it, and tries to create all this tension between her and her husband and the actual son. It's it's a it's a creepy creepy movie. I won't spoil the ending in case you ever want to watch it. But it was he he plays a really creepy. Um, creepy part but he also went on to star in richie rich which is one of my all-time favorite movies uh where he plays the cartoon character but in a live action have you ever seen richie rich yes i, I have seen richie rich that. yes i love that movie so much it's so good it's so good but then he kind of you know i mean he, he he did a couple things on tv but for the most part he kind of disappeared for a while and actually fell into some hard times, which I guess we can talk to a little bit later, but you know, that's what happens with child stardom in, in the long run is that it can be relatively, you know, rough, you know? Yeah. I hear you. So, uh, let's, let's talk about one, uh, favorite moments, uh, from home alone. How do you pick one? Um, <laughs> I, I, I do love when, when, um, uh, the McAllister's the, the mom and the dad, we slept in when the doorbell rings. That's one of my favorites because I've been there. I think we've all adults have been there. I, I do think it's funny that as I've gotten older, I've related to the adults a lot more than I did. Like when I was a kid, I related to Kevin a lot more, but I definitely relate to the adults a lot more. Peter! We slept in! I think, let me see here. What else is a favorite part of mine? I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite part. I mean, there it, it's put it this way. There's no bad part of the movie for me at all. I, no. How about you? I'm going to turn it over to you. <laughs> no, because, because really the, the only thing I could see somebody having a problem with. And so I, this is me trying to concoct a bad, what, what bad thing could I say about this movie? And that is, well, how could a parent forget their child? And what I love about this movie is they make it really plausible as to how Kevin got left at home. Because as a parent, I can say this right now. Uh, Now, let me preface this story is uh, no one got left at home. But uh, I have two kids and we were we had to run an errand or we were. I don't don't know what it was. Uh, My my daughter really loves looking at Christmas lights right now. So we just go at night and drive around and look at Christmas lights. And about 10 minutes into our drive, I look at my wife and I go, our second kid is in the car, right? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, but I just, I just couldn't remember physically putting them in there. And again, you know, you've got kids that are getting shoes on and she's talking and you're, and, and, and having fun and laughing and you're having fun or, you know, she's, you know, fussing or whatever. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, did I get the other kid too? And so with the McAllister family, it's, alarms didn't go off and they woke up late and they're they're scrambling around like it, it makes sense yeah well, and, and it's how they forgot no that's not it what else can we be forgetting kevin well it's not like the mother you know it's it's not like mom didn't like tell the one you know she said hey do a head count before, you know before we get going she she was still thinking but she assigned it to somebody else because there was so much going on and i'm with you i don't have kids i got two dogs though and the other day was we had our first snowfall out here and the dogs were out in the snow i i had to turn my christmas lights on during the day so that the snow wouldn't like keep my inflatables down so as they're letting the dogs out i'm doing that i'm getting ready for work it's all happening in the morning i'm on my way into work halfway into work and all of a sudden I go, oh, did I let the dogs in? I completely didn't remember if I let the dogs in because I had all this other stuff going on. So it absolutely is plausible for that to happen. Now, I will say there are some implausibilities of 
the police off the police department scene where like they're calling you know hey psycho on two or you know i, I don't i don't think that's going to happen and if you got somebody on the phone saying i left my child at home oh my god i need someone to go over there see if he's there check on him those police are going to be kicking in that door i mean like if they yeah. think there's a kid there like i mean i this kevin's eight years old that's the that's the age of my niece right now she could survive a half a day maybe i think not a week i mean or however many days that was and definitely wouldn't be able to do the stuff that, that kevin did to the to marvin <laughs> harry but yeah i mean i just it it, it it i think you're right there i think from an implausibility perspective um that that uh that makes sense okay i did i did i did think of kind of a fun scene and it's actually not my favorite scene but it's something i want to talk about because you talked about conspiracy theories have you heard the Ooh, elvis yes. conspiracy theory okay this is the one that so i had for those of you who don't conspiracy know, theory okay well i'm not going to steal your thunder tell us the elvis conspiracy theory what is it because i rewatched the movie and i would be darned if that's not elvis presley Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, um, so it's Elvis Presley. He's not in that movie. He's not dead. And he plays that guy. I'm telling you. And tell us the story. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So the story goes that it's, it's the scene where uh, Kevin's mom is, is talking with the airport clerk and there's a guy in the background, not like, like he's pretty prevalently in the background. You can see him. He's yep. got like a black turtleneck and is in a beard. And, Everybody thinks that that is Elvis, that he's it's Elvis. Know, there's the whole, no, the whole conspiracy that he's not dead. Of course. So he's not dead. So he's starring in home. Like he's an extra in movies, just hanging out. Okay. So hold on a second here. So I'm not a, I'm not a huge Elvis fan at all. So I'm going to look up Elvis Presley real quick. So Elvis Presley, he died in 1977. This movie was made in 1989. So we're talking 12 years later, the guy that you're looking at, looks to be right around that age that he would have been uh if if um if he had been alive he was born in 1935 so he would have been uh 64ish maybe that look he looks about that age in that at that point he looks 64 yeah, maybe yeah i'm sorry not 64 54 54 i'm sorry he looks okay, to be 54, mid 50s okay. yeah 64 would be a bit much he looks to be mid 50s he's got the lip he's got the 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 thing on his cheek he looks like elvis presley and might i add the extra has never come forward to say i it's me i was the extra just My saying goodness. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm not a conspiracy uh, theory guy, but I, I, I can see why people think this is Elvis Presley. It's, it's right, in I'm, the putting a, I'm putting a poll out on the socials. Is it Elvis or is it not? I want to know what you, the listeners, oh, think. Oh my goodness. It is the scene, like you said, when, when she's at the counter. It's not the airport counter. Well, it is the airport counter. And then John Candy comes up. John Candy's character comes up and offers to, to give the ride. Speaking of John Candy, so this is fun. I don't know if you found this in your research. So John Candy, basically, he did this as a cameo, as a favor to the director of the film uh, for whatever reason. I think he only got paid like 500 bucks or something, and they had to shoot it in like two or three hours, all of his scenes. Like, or maybe it wasn't two hours. It's like a whole day, like one day to shoot everything. With John. That's all he had time for. And I got to say, I mean, he, he plays a pretty prevalent part. The, the whole morgue and or the whole funeral parlor scene being left with the corpse and, and being telling that story that's a little disturbing but 
Yeah. No, I, I did see that. It was like one 23 hour day of shooting. Yeah. It was like insane. It was insane. So, um, did you have any, um, who's your favorite character? That's not Kevin. Um, I, I mean, I, I like, I like Marvin Harry. I think, I think okay. the over the topness is, is really fun that, you know, as a, as a kid watching this movie, those characters never seemed scary to me because they were just so wacky like that. That wouldn't be how, uh, how a, an actual house burglar would, would burgle because they're just so wacky and over the top. And I, I think that just makes the movie that much more fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're, they're great. I, uh, I mean, just the way they play it and, and, the, the, the traps that get set in the way that they go throughout the house. Marv's response with that spider on his nose is just, I think, one of the most epic screams in movie history. history. Well, and- I got him! Harry, help me! Get up! That's Peter's real. I read that's a real tarantula. One of my favorite parts is when when the spider is on Harry and and Marv's got the crowbar. And what are you doing, Marv? What are you doing? What are you doing, Marv? What? Why are you doing? He just hits him with the crowbar. You know, this is when movies were. This was the golden age of movies for people our age because you could have that kind of violence and not have to worry that it was going to turn kids violent like my god it's a violent movie but it's all like cartoon violence the uh the scene when marv climbs through the window and he he's got his shoes off and he's stepping on the he's stepping on the ornaments i'm sorry i could just feel that pain like oh it's oh it's horrible (laughs) and i read how they did that so he's actually stepping on ornaments but they're made out of candy glass so um, yeah 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 so it wouldn't hurt like that's fascinating to me and i think this this brings a, a broader movie thing you know i i i this movie is before like cgi and yeah. all this stuff could really be used and so they had to use smart practical effects and you see that again with the ornaments that that uh uh you know he's stepping on candy ornaments but it still looks like he's stepping on ornaments the 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 tarantula the spider being real i'm sure partly the scream was uh acted but i'm sure also some of that scream was holy cow there's a spider on my face and and i think now for you know you can argue whether this is better or worse but so much of everything can just be CGI'd in later that it, it, sometimes we miss out. I think on certain certain yeah. some of the acting can be better when it's actual practical effects. Yep, I, I agree. Um, uh, I'm gonna say, oh, uh, what was that? I was gonna say something. It was gonna be one of my least favorite parts, but I can't. Anyway, um, I remember playing the video game. I remember playing the Home Alone video game, both the first one and the second one, and I distinctly remember as a kid. In the original Home Alone video game, this the, the part of the video game where you fly out the attic door with the handlebars to get into the treehouse, and I, yes. I distinctly remember that. And I remember, the, and I remember the video game for number two on Game Boy, where you come across the pigeon lady, and all the birds are flying across, and the music changes in the Game Boy version. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably a good time to shift over to number two here, real quick. Um, hang, hang on, I have a I have a point of clarification. Was that Game Boy or Game Boy Color? 
Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Oh, yeah. All right. Yep, okay. I never owned a Game Boy Color. It was always Game Boy. Awesome. All right. Sorry. I had to know. All right. Let's move <laughs> All right, on to so number two. <laughs> before we switch over to number two, this is probably a good time to take a break to hear a word from our sponsors, Riss and Cal and FourFrills.com. Hey, everybody. Matt here. Don't get caught in the trap of buying high-priced cell phone accessories this holiday season. Go to our partners, Riss and Cal, at fourfrills.com slash shop. That is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S slash shop. They have all your cell phone accessories from charging cables to earbuds to mini Bluetooth speakers to help amplify that music you're listening to. And our listeners can get a special deal. Actually, lots of special deals, to be honest with you. If you use the promo code BEERS, that is B-E-E-R-S, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. And through the end of the year, when you spend $50 or more, you can get a free Beers and Ears Bluetooth keychain speaker. So lots of great deals going on. Get that last-minute shopping done and also help support the show. All right, let's get back to it. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to dive into number two now. We spent a lot of time on number one, but as I said earlier, number two is an amazing movie. It's a solid, solid movie, a worthy follow-up, in my opinion, to the first one. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, we talked, we touched on it a little bit earlier in the episode that it, it, it's it's a it's a rehash, like it's exactly the same thing, except he's not at home; he's lost in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I guess, if I have to say, if there's something that I don't like about this sequel, uh, like that's it, that it does feel very rehashed. But also, I I love it. <laughs> I don't care I, that it's a rehash. I love it. I, I think it's a rehash, but in the same regard, it's a smart rehash. So like little elements, like we talked about with Home Alone, you know, leaving your leaving your child at home. Okay, is that plausible? Yes, in this case it is. In this scenario, you're waiting for Kevin not to be in the van. And all of a sudden here, you know, when she calls out Kevin, Kevin here, you know, good thing I have my own ticket so you guys don't ditch me. Right. Like that was a part where you it's a. I think what, I, what I'm trying to get is this movie does a really good job at offering callbacks to the original movie with different spins on it. Yes. And that that is just one example of it. I love the scene in the airport when Kevin's bag is coming down the pipeline and they pass the bag down literally from, from person to person. Here you go. That's Kevin. This is Kevin. Here you go, Kevin. And then he fuller looks, you know, and that's by the way, is that that's Macaulay's younger brother. And, Okay, Kevin's not here. So Kevin's not here. Kevin's not here. And no one really even realizes that Ke- until it gets to Kate. And even Kate passes it over to to her husband. And he goes, wait, what? And then and he she just does that, like, laugh. Like, this is just so outrageous. And then all of a sudden it's like, Kevin! And it, it just, it's, it's, it's what you expect in a sequel, but with a new twist. Kevin's not here. 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 What? Yeah, and I like that they did, you know, some of the the criticism that I could see, again, see someone else having is, well, it's not home alone. He's not at home. 
But I'm actually glad he's not at home this time because had they done a rehash where it's he's in his house again, that I don't think I would have liked. I, I no, like I that this has a new setting. Yeah, I agree. And I think this particular one is is edgier than the first two. I think Kevin's more edgier. I think the traps that he sets inside the the renovated house they're 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 much more severe. I mean, let's be honest with you. There's some major traps. I mean, that I think I saw a study somewhere that 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 pipe that he hits them with after the paint cans fail that would have killed them. I mean, let's be honest. That hitting them that hard and then them falling two stories down and then that pipe landing on top of them. I mean, that would have literally killed them. So he's edgier. But so are Marvin Harry. They're actually a bit scarier this time. They've got the yeah, gun. I agree. They talk a little bit more about killing, you know, about killing them and popping them and putting them on ice and all that stuff. But I think they do a good job at rounding it out. Um, I mean, the hotel staff alone, Tim Curry. I mean, the the the, the majestic Tim Curry. Oh yes, I love you. Like it just, it's so good. <laughs> I love you. You gotta do better than that. I love you. Yeah, and I think to your point, there's a ton of articles out there with like, okay, let's look at the science. We asked real doctors what would what what would happen if this happened to real humans, and I I don't know, maybe 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 I I'm a more realistic kid, and I don't know, but. I remember watching this movie going, yeah, they absolutely would have been would have would have would have not lived through this. But but I, I liken this to it's the same thing with Looney Tunes. We're like, how many times did Wiley Coyote get blown up with dynamite? And he was fine. It, it's it's like it's a fun pretend thing. Like, ha like, of course, they would have been severely injured, but not in movie world. It's it's cartoon it's cartoon violence and and you just yes. kind of you just kind of live through it. You realize it and it, it's it's done. So um, what's your favorite part? Oh, good. I, I mean, I think you touched on it, like hotel staff that any of the, his interactions with them just are are just wonderful. I love it. Um, Get on your knees and tell me you love me. And I also that whole do love- dirty, that whole dirty was a dirty Harry or that whole between both movies, you know, uh, uh, angels with filthy souls and angels with even filthier souls. Like the callbacks, it just crack crack me up. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> um, Keep the change, you filthy animal. And then, um, um, and the toy shop, I think, is a good um, set piece as well. I think that's a cool. I, I think that toy shop is also based on FAO Schwartz, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they actually used FAO, but I think that's the whole concept they were going for. And I love Mr. Duncan. I oh, always, yeah. I always loved Mr. Duncan. My brother and I used to make fun of when he would do that. Blah, 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 blah. I'll do that. That that whole point when he talks about the the bundling up because it's chilly. The whole blah, 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 he does with his mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just love Mr. Duncan. I just he's such a a sweet innocent man. Like I'm like oh because I, I didn't other than I I didn't both my my maternal and paternal grandfathers passed away before I was ever born. I had a grandfather who who was a family friend's father, so he was like my grandpa. But I didn't have that like grandfatherly figure in my life at all times. And so, you know, Mr. Duncan reminded me like, this is what my grandpa could be like if I had a grandpa, you know, he just had that grandpa feel. And that makes 
Kevin's like pursuit to protect the toy shop even that much better. That's not like a sleazy businessman that he's trying to protect. Like he's trying to protect the the nice old man that runs a toy shop for kids at Christmas. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely what agree. You, what, what, what are favorite parts for you? Well, you, you hit on, I mean, again, the hotel interactions are some of my favorite. The The toy shop interaction. I, I, I do like, I, I like some of the interactions that take place just between Marv and Harry. I feel like the dynamic that the two of them have is just absolutely hilarious you know going from the wet bandits to or the sticky bandits that's our new nickname and he's grabbing random change and you know harry's like oh great we just busted out of the joint you're gonna get us back there for 14 cents out of a a a jar like the, the dynamic there is good i will say my favorite part is when kevin walks out of the toy store marv and harry walk out of the toy story store and again, this is one of the reasons why I like sequels so much is because you continue the story from the previous movie. And that moment there is the continuation of the drama that we ended the first one with. They see McAllister and they and he goes, look who it is. And they walk up and there's a shadow. Hiya, pal, you know, and it, 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 it's just it's that to me makes that movie. I don't know why, but I love that. Oh, that's a great moment because it it does. And like you said, they're they're a little bit scarier. And Mm -hmm. that's a really it's a good moment. That's the moment that kind of jumpstarts this whole plot. I mean, yes, he's lost at that point, but, you know, you really don't. Okay, yes, he's lost. Fine, whatever. But that really jumpstarts the conflict of that movie. And you're right, because it does continue that you do kind of go oh yeah, they'd probably be pretty mad about what happened, that he made a fool out of them and then they went into jail. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is going to be bad for him. He, but he's How is he going to get out of this one? Yeah, I also like the part where um, they kind of foreshadow where they bump into the lady at first, she gets all pissed off, and then later on when they've got Kevin and he pinches her butt, and then she sees Marv again and punches him. And then he goes, he did it. And then, she, then he punches Marv I, or she punches Marv. I think that's a fun, I, I just, I think the filmmakers were, were, was, were much more clever this time than I mean, the yeah. first movie was great, but I think they were much more clever this time than they were in even the first one. Yeah, I agree. So, um, you know, there's a couple things I think we're talking about. They did make a home alone three, but, uh, this, doesn't star Macaulay Culkin. It, it's probably so, bad. All right. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> it's actually Home Alone 3 is actually not bad. So it's not great, but it's not bad. So it, it stars uh, 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 the, the, the boy's name is Alex. It has no relation whatsoever to the McAllisters whatsoever. Completely different. Uh, I don't want to say it's a different universe, but it happens completely outside the universe of Home Alone 1 and 2. Alex is sick, and he some basically the plot line is he gets a toy car from his neighbor who really doesn't like him or the or her neighbors for that matter, but he gets it because she picked it up accidentally at the airport, but the actual toy car has some kind of hidden microchip or something in it that was stolen and these international cook crooks track it down and realize that this like seven year old boy has this toy truck, this radio controlled truck, and they're basically trying to get it back while he's homesick and his parents are at work. That's the premise behind it. 
it's a fun movie. It's not Home Alone. It doesn't have the Christmas vibe to it. It's not the McAllisters. So I would say if it didn't have, I think it could have stood alone if it didn't have the Home Alone name to it. Like if it was its own movie, it was a good movie. Um, it, it stars a young Scarlett Johansson, like teenage Scarlett Johansson. I did not know that. Oh wait, yes, yeah, I the did. Sister. She plays, she plays Ma- the sister. You're right. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll have to check it out. We'll see. I have I have a lot to get to, uh, including the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. I'm going <laughs> to keep that going. So, but, but um, what I'm trying to you guys is, if you take it out of the Home Alone universe, it's good. Now, there's also a Home Alone Four. Oh, I did not know that. Oh yeah, there's a Home Alone Four, and I believe that's the one. I've done some research on this. I got to look real quick. Home Alone Four. It's not on. Um, it's not on. Uh, Disney Plus. It was a made-for-TV movie, and I believe. Let me just do some research here. Okay, P, it's uh, yeah. So this actually takes place in the Home Alone universe of one and two, but all the act, all the characters are recast. Peter McAllister, Kate McAllister, they're they're all recast. You don't have Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister. He's nine. It, it makes no. It, this is the one that's stupid. Like they should never have done this one. Um, yeah. It was a made-for-TV, and it did, it just absolutely was bombed. Well, the question here becomes, you know, now that Disney has this, there's some rumors that there that Disney is rebooting it for Disney Plus, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't don't touch it. There's there's no. Leave it alone. There, I I don't mind sequels. I don't mind reboots. I don't mind. I don't mind them when they make sense, when maybe you had a bad movie or maybe you're trying to reimagine it, but how do you reimagine? I I just don't know how you reimagine a a plot line like this. I mean, it's just not going to work. You're going to have the fans who love the original who are going to go, why? Like the the, the original is perfect. Like leave it alone. I'm not this person. I I don't believe I've never been a, and you've heard me say this on the podcast. I'm not one of those people who says, oh, when you reboot or remake a remake a movie, you know, like take a classic animated and make it a live action, it ruins the, the animated. I'm not one of those people because the, the animated is still there. And I don't believe that them making a rebooted Home Alone is going to destroy the original Home Alone. I just think it's silly investment. No one's going to go see it. It's you're I, I not know who it's it's doing for nostalgia. Yeah. Like it's not nostalgia. Like who is it for? Like who? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Because the thing about it is, it's not like the original Home Alone series is dated. I mean, yeah, okay, it's based in the eighties and nineties. They're wearing some eighties and nineties clothing, but it's not dated. Like it's a classic for that reason. Like I think any generation can watch that, and and short of the Talk Boy in Home Alone Two, which by the way was the most popular toy of the year. Um, which is a a tape. Okay. You could maybe switch that out with an iPhone recorder or something. I don't know. I just, that's, that's the thing is, I mean, I suppose you could update some traps to modern things, but I, I guess like that doesn't feel like something that like I'm watching the movie going, Oh wow, that's really dated. Like I, I don't, I don't have that feeling. This is just one of those I'm, and it's, and it's not just Disney that's doing this. It's, it's all these companies that are taking these things and trying to reboot them. I mean, I remember this was years ago, but the karate kid that they tried to reboot and look, we've got Jackie Chan and Jada Pickett Smith and 
everyone went, yeah, cool. I'm just going to watch the original because that one's way better. And now you look, uh, you know, YouTube put out a kind of sequel, pseudo sequel with it called Cobra Kai. And it was wildly successful. Why? Because it was set in the original universe. And so I just don't, I don't get, I, I, why I don't, I don't get who this is for, who, who is asking for home alone to be redone. I, I just don't, I don't know who wants that. All right. Any other thoughts on the series? No, I mean this. This is uh, this is an every year. I mean, we just talked about Noel, about you know that's not one we're going to watch over and over again. This this is one we're going to watch over and over again uh, all the time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, in fact, I've watched the first one a couple times already this year, and probably will watch the second one too. So, all right, it is closing time. Matt, how do they get a hold of us? We are on all the social media platforms, so Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, at BeersEars1928. As always, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Subscribe uh, or follow or whatever your podcast uh, platform does. Just go ahead and hit that button. It really does help us out. Um, If you write a review, if you follow us, please share that um, with us um, because we do have that drawing going on through the end of the year. It's starting to get to the end of that, only through uh, December 31st. Uh, If you share that with us, you'll be putting a drawing for one of those bluetooth keychain speakers so um you know we've got a couple in so thank you to those who people who have um yeah uh uh and and ultimately outside of the contest it it really is the best way for us to grow our listener base and uh you know we we do a lot a lot of advertising obviously because this is our thing but honestly to grow to really grow it's going to be you all the listeners that tell more people about this podcast and we really appreciate when you do yeah absolutely we've got some great episodes coming up too some holiday episodes so um the episode that immediately follows this one we've got one on hidden mickeys and actually some of the international parks we've got a special guest on talking about that we got a new Diz games listener challenge coming out on the 18th um we've got uh an episode on the star wars lego holiday special coming up on the 22nd um we got an episode of meet robin the robinsons coming up and then as we get into the new year um we are going to be uh talking about the flower and garden festival um so yeah all kinds of just really fun episodes coming up to look forward to and we've also got our mandalorian roundtable because we're right now today's the third we're recording this in december mandalorian is five episodes in all i gotta say is grogu so we're gonna talk about um mandalorian that'll come out in january so uh anyway it's been a fun time we're way over time bartenders like what the heck guys uh so let's raise our glasses (laughs) This episode has been on us. Have a great night. Bye, everyone.